Welcome to Bear Down Ballers. I'm your host, AJ Bramlett. Back again with my man, Ryan Wall, super producer. And man, what a stretch of games for us, man. Bounce back like crazy. So let's jump right in. Yeah, I'm not going to say it was their best basketball on the court of the season, but easily their most impressive stretch of games in one week, three wins over sweeping both California schools and then beating ASU um, in Tempe. And and all the games were pretty – the ASU game, um, when when this is coming out two nights ago, it was pretty close through the first half. Then it got, you know, one-sided in the second. But the other two games, let's start with those. The UCLA game, um, it was kind of tight throughout the whole game. And then Arizona kind of pulled away at the end. What what were your thoughts on that game in specific? Uh, You know, I thought we made a lot of adjustments in that game. You know, I thought we learned, you know, from the mistakes in the first game and took away what they were doing to us on the offensive end, um, to us on defense uh, in the first game. It did a lot better job on the boards. We were a lot tougher. Um, and you could tell that we just wanted to get that bad taste out of our mouth in that game. And used to give UCLA credit, though, because they didn't quit in that game. And, you know, we but we played a lot better defense. We challenged their shots. Uh, we played our style of basketball. We got out and ran a little bit. And it was just good to see that we, you know, took that punch in the mouth and came back swinging on the next week. You know what I mean? And we expected that. I think, you know, you and I talked about that, that we thought that would happen. But to see it happen and to see them pull out that victory and, you know, for guys to just come through in the clutch and make big plays was something that made me extremely happy after, you know, the the UCLA game over there. That was just a, a good, good bounce back for the team. Yeah, I thought that not obviously the player who didn't score the most, but I thought if we had to give an MVP of that game, I think it was Dale and Terry. I think he just affected the game so many ways. Is He's just been – he's came on so, you know, great recently down this stretch. He had 10 points. He had nine rebounds, seven assists, uh, nearing that triple-double. He also made two yeah. three-pointers, which he's been, you know, increasing those shots from deep, you know, and his shot looks better every game. And I, I want to just give him the MVP throughout this three-game stretch. How, how do you feel about that? Because – I feel like nobody has been scoring 20 um, or more points throughout this three-game stretch, but he just affects the game, I feel like, more than anybody on this team. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. We've talked about this you know, pretty much all year long, that we were waiting for him to get a little bit more aggressive on offense, You know, I mean, trust his shot, take those shots when they're open, kind of search for them. And he started doing that. You know what I mean? He's knocking down threes. He's shooting him with confidence. Every time he shoots now, you think it's going in. Like, he's not hesitating. You know, he's stepping into his shot and putting it up, put it up and, and they're going in. And as well as everything else that he does, I mean, it's just on full display. And I think everybody got to see that in, in the UCLA game especially. Um, you know, he just does so many things from facilitating to getting into passing lanes, getting steals, you know, timely, timely assists, uh, energy, everything. And so, you know, he – you know, is the, we've talked about this from the beginning. He's like the motor, man. And when he when he's going, they're at their best. You know, what I mean, I think him and and Zulis when they're playing the uh, playing really well, we're at our best. And so, you know, Dalen Terry to see him, you know, really expand and kind of come out of the shell on the offensive end is a great thing for Arizona. I think he's just going to keep going now. I think he's finding his comfort zone, and you know, he does all the little things that we need, and he's just a winning player. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say Jules Tabellas looks to be back to himself. Um, Tommy Lloyd said after the ASU game that he's not back to 100% yet, but he's getting there. But combined for 51 points in three games, um, this in last week he was named Pac-12 
player of the week. So, yeah, if he, if those two players are playing at their best, this team's going to be hard to beat. Um, but, yeah, so how big of an impact do you think that, you know, Tabellus being at and hopefully at 100% in the near future is to this team? I think it's huge because he's the one, you know, he's the barometer. We say this a lot too, you know, Dale and Terry from an energy standpoint is, you know, the, the lightning rod, but he's the steady force. You know, Zoo is the steady force. When he's in there, he just makes so many timely plays. Like he scores so easy around the basket. He facilitates from that high post, you know, he can dribble and handle the ball and just his toughness and, and grit in there really makes us a different team. And when he was hobbled, we just missed that a little bit. You know, we missed that guaranteed bucket in the paint. We missed that, you know, him, you know, just banging around and making a good assist to, to Coloco or Balu for a shot. You know what I mean? You just missed that guy that's kind of the centerpiece of the team. And so, you know, it's good to have him back. You can tell he's not, like you said, not quite 100%. But, you know, when he's dunking on guys and getting back and, you know, having his showing some emotion for him, you know what I mean, <laughs> and feeling better. I think uh, I think we're going to just see him, you know, continue to to be on the upswing from here, which is a great thing for Arizona. Yeah, in the USC game, that game, it seems like all these games in the last few uh, week or two, they've all been close to start. Arizona com- normally comes out with the slower, sloppier start, and then they, you know, make those second half adjustments down the stretch. But in that game against USC on Saturday, Julius uh, Tabellis had a double double and. Kirk Creese easily had his best game in weeks. He was well overdue for a good performance. He had 13 points, um, five rebounds, and he hit three three-pointers, which was really good to see for him to get some confidence back. But he did have four turnovers. Um, and then again at ASU, he had four turnovers. What do you think about that? Because, you know, Kerr is, some could say, a wild player. So how do you think that Tommy Lloyd can keep that under control so that the turnover issue doesn't be, start to become a serious problem? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's going to have turnovers sometimes. It's just the player, you know, the style of player that he is. He takes, he takes risks. You know, I mean, he, he tries to thread passes through. A lot of times they get through a lot, but sometimes they don't. And, you know, as, as long as that isn't happening in crunch time, I think we can deal with it for now. You know what I mean? And so I think his good – far outweighs, you know, his bats. And so he's playing a lot better, um, especially in the ASU game the other night. He dropped some dimes, you know what I mean, to guys and it really played well. He made some, you know, tough decisions, I think, at the end of the first half where he had two turnovers in a row, I think, right before halftime. Um, and so that was half of what he had in the game. So, you know, I think he's, he's playing a lot better. And, you know, he's still playing with confidence. You know, he's still the, the guy that brings that swagger to the team. And we need him. And so, you know, I think he's just going to continue to get better. Everyone goes through certain patches where, you know, you have too many turnovers or, you know, can't knock down a shot. But at least he never dips in his confidence. So that's what you want to see. And that rubs off on all the other guys because if he's still confident, they're not worried about him. You know I mean? They just still trust him. They trust him running the team. And whether he makes shots as a bonus, they still want him to shoot every time he gets open. So, you know, I think that's a that's a good thing for him. And he's starting to come out of that slump and um, shooting better and making more plays offensively. And, you know, he's really played well on defense too, though. You know, he's been harassing you know, harassing the opponent team's guards and, and really doing a good job there. That hasn't stopped. So, you know, I think he'll just continue to get better. Yeah, two of Arizona's main issues throughout the season up until this point were was three-point shooting and turnovers. And the three-point yeah. shooting throughout the last three games has gotten very good. 
Um, and, and it hasn't been perfect, but it's you can tell it's getting better. They were at least 30% um, in all three of these games. And, you know, they, they shot 40% um, against USC, only 10 attempts. But that shows that they're, they're starting to, you know, because before they would, it seems like some of them would take wild shots when they're not open. But do, do you see that, that they're taking shots that are, you know, only when they're open and in the flow of the offense now? I think with the last few games we've gotten away, I think in the UCLA game was we struggled badly. You know what I mean? From the three-point line, it took some contested shots and we're just really uncomfortable and they pushed us out of what we wanted to do. But now, I mean, the ball rotation is there. You know, we're getting better side-to-side movement with the basketball and guys are shooting the ball well. Can we, let's give a shout out too to Pella Larson uh, who played, I thought, one yep. of his best games at ASU the other night. I mean, strong, tough, going to the basket tough you know, rebounding the ball well, playing good defense, had a big block down there in the second half, uh, and then knocked down shots as well. And he's playing really well. And also, Umar Balo continues to impress, really. Like, he's yeah, playing yeah, so Pel- solid in the game. He, he and Pella are doing great. You know I mean? They're, to have two guys like that coming off your bench is a huge, uh, you know, advantage for Arizona. And if they can continue to play that way, uh, I think that's going to be huge for us down the stretch. Yeah, Pella Larson was perfect from the field and the three-point line, obviously. Five for five from the field, three three-pointers, 14 points, two rebounds, two assists. He was just he he looked incredible. He had a he had a uh he had a pump fake step uh sidestep three. And then the, the one of the uh he also had a layup where he just blew right by two defenders yeah. um and finished with one hand. Yeah, he he is really turning it up a notch in these last few games and and Tommy Lloyd said after the game that he's told Pelo that he just wants him to focus off uh, on scoring. Just come in the game, be that spark plug, focus on scoring. You don't got to do fancy assists or anything like that because if he's scoring like that off the bench, I mean, him and Umar combined for 27 points off the bench. And that's while, um, that's while Tabellus and Matherin, your two best scorers, combined for 37. And then yeah. you're adding Terry who had 12 and Coloco with double digits. It's the last night or two nights ago when this is coming out against ASU, they really put it all together. Do you think that was the best performance of the weekend or did a different game stand out more to you? I think this three-game stretch really told us a lot about the team, to be honest. And I think that you know that we can – and it showed that we can win in different ways. You know what I mean? I think early in the season, you know, all the highlights and all the, you know, 90-point games and it's going over 100 all the time, I think we got spoiled a little bit. And, you know, we were playing really well. It was fun to watch. But did we know that they could win in a grinded out game? No. You know, I mean, the first one that we really had like that, you know, um, you know, was probably, you know, Illinois. They did a good job of winning in that game. Tennessee, we didn't pull it out in that one. And I think there was a little bit of a question on how we could win. And if they took away our style, could we still win games? And these three games, we've shown that we can do that because, you know, we've won different ways. Um, you know, guys, have, different guys have stepped up in each of those games. It's not been one guy. It's not, it's not been just been, you know, scoring 30 every game or, you know, it's been different guys. It's been Bala, it's been Omar, you know, it's been Pella, like we talked about. It's been tiresome games. You know, it's DT and other games. So there's different ways that we can win with this team. And I think we've proved that, you know, for sure over these last three games by getting back at UCLA. USC played us really well. But last night was just a complete game. You know, ASU came out with a ton. I'm sorry, not last night, but when this comes out two nights ago. Um, uh, ASU came out with such energy, you know, coming off a high from beating UCLA the other night. And, you know, with real, a lot of confidence. And going into halftime, you know, being down four, 
I think they thought, hey, we're going to make a run at this and we're going to go at these guys. And we just took them out in the second half. You know what I mean? And that was good to see that we focused. They came out of that locker room, you know, all about business and really just blew them off the court in the second half. Yeah, it's also great to see this Tommy Lloyd team, you know, battle through adversity throughout the season. Yeah. You know, they lost on the road to Tennessee in a very tight game. They, they lost by, you know, over 10 points at UCLA and they keep bouncing back. And I feel like that's just the story of the season. Whenever they, they hit a little bump, whenever a player hits a little a speed bump, they, they go right by it and they come out better on the other side. And I feel like that's making this team better. They're growing as a group. I mean, it's only their first year as a team. And I think it just already shows the progression because I feel like past year, um, you know, past Strong Miller teams, when they would be in these big moments, sometimes they would stumble and they couldn't get past them. But I feel like a great example, I don't know if they showed it on TV against ASU, but early in the first quarter, they uh, when Tommy Lloyd called the timeout, I think they were down 16 to four. He, he like grabbed Kerr at the timeout and he was literally like, he was furious at him. I, it seemed like he was about to headbutt him. Like he was, he, I've never seen him this mad. But, and then after the game, he just said, like, yeah, like, they have that relationship where they can, like, Kirk can take the coaching and, and, and get through it. That says a lot about, you know, Kirk, that, you know, he's – and it says a lot about his relationship and the relationship that Tommy has with the whole team because, you know, guys can fracture when things like that happen. If you don't trust your coach or you don't, you know, believe in the message – like those situations can make teams split. And this, this team doesn't do that. You know I mean? They're all got each other's backs, you know, through everything. And it says a lot about Kerr that he's able to take coaching like that and bounce back. That says a lot about him as a player and as a person. So, you know, that, that bodes well for us. And I think that, you know, every time that we've got socked and punched in the mouth this year, we've come back stronger. And that's a great, that's a great thing for us to, to be able to do. And that's going to bode well for us when we get to the tournament, to the Pac-12 tournament, and, you know, for the rest of the season, if we're going to make a deep run into March of the tournament this year. Yeah. Um, on Tuesday night when we're recording this, number one Auburn um, lost to Arkansas. Um, so that means that Arizona could be on the move up. They have two games this week against Washington State on Thursday, at Washington on Saturday. But if they can sweep the Washington schools on the road, Arizona looks to be nearing the top three once again. I know the rankings aren't anything, but it's still still great when they're up higher towards the leaderboard. Um, how, how do you see them playing out? Because, you know, no, no conference game is, is going to be taken lightly. How do you think they're going to um, finish out this season? You know, they have, uh, they have nine conference games left. Uh, how, how do you think they're going to play? Uh, I think that Washington State game is a sneaky one, man. I think that we got to be ready up for that game. Um, and Washington State's been playing good basketball this year. That trip is always hard. Uh, you know, historically for, for Arizona, and when I was there, like that trip, for whatever reason, is tough. And so, uh, you know, they got to be ready for that. I think they're on a good, you know, coming off, obviously, a good, great stretch of games. I think we're, we're in a good position right now. But that game at, at Pullman is going to be tough, man. So they got to be ready for that. And then Washington, I think they, they'll be able to, you know, play well in that game. Um, and, you know, I really, I mean, we know that we can beat any, any team and it really has taken, you know, teams playing their best game against us to knock us off this year. You know what I mean? So 
I think if we just keep building guys, the bench keeps playing how they're playing, you know, we get curved still, you know, on the upswing with the three point shooting and, and decision-making. And, you know, I think we got a chance obviously to just, you know, play well and win every game. Um, but, the, you know, conference is always hard. There's always a misstep here or there, but we're in a powerful position right now in the Pac-12 sitting on top of it. And, you know, I think we'll just continue to, to build and, and move forward. Yeah. Uh, and it's great to see Arizona, to get to to keep winning these games, even when they're not perfect wins, they're mucking it up. They're and they're they're just getting through these games. They have turnover issues still, as we mentioned. Uh, certain guys, you know, like Matherin, hasn't been scoring as consistently every night, but they're 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 doing what it takes to get it done, as you mentioned, in, in different ways. But AJ, anything else to add to this uh, crazy week of games before you get into your uh, great interview with a special guest? Um, you know, I'd really like to talk about Ben a little bit. I think Ben has been playing really good basketball, you know what I mean? And really smart basketball. And for the type of, you know, scoring that he was doing early in the season and, you know, having those big scoring games, you know, pretty regularly early, like he doesn't force anything, man. I, I like that part about his game. I was thinking that the other night. It's like he just plays within the flow of the game. Like he's aggressive when he needs to be, but he's a team player. And, you know, I just think he's been playing really, really good basketball. Even on a defensive end, he's been locking in and doing a great job. Even when his jumper hasn't been falling in some of those games. And I think that's a great sign, you know, for us as well, that, you know, even if he's not, you know, at his optimum shooting the three or, you know, knocking down jumpers as much, he still had a huge effect on these games. And so I just wanted to point that out because some guys that, you know, are, you know, top scorers and, and score a lot of points all the time and that dips, their game dips. And that hasn't happened for him at all this year. He's been playing really well. Yeah, and I think he showed that against ASU, he was the most aggressive I saw in a few weeks for him. And I feel like when he's aggressive, he really just takes it up a level and he can, you know, score with the best of them and compete um, at a very, very high level. And I just, I want to see that consistently because I feel like if he can compete at that level every game, he really can be one of the best players in the country because we, we, we see, um, you know, him every game when, when he's at his best, you know, what that looks like. So, yeah, I really think he's, uh, he's such a great player and so valuable to this team. But tell us, tell us who we got coming on the program next. And it's going to be fun, man. <laughs> My brother from the, 90, the 1997 championship team, we call him Beanut. Everyone else calls him Bennett Davidson. Mr. Bennett Davidson will be up next on Bear Down Ballers. Before we move on to the next topic, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Play instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season tipping off, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the Bet Rivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, I'd like to welcome in my guy, my brother, the highest jumping man out of Sebastopol, California, ever, ever to be born. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bina, Bennett Davidson. Air five. How's it going, my man? What's good? What's good, brother? How you yeah, been? Man. Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Appreciate you hopping on with us today at Bear Down Ballers, man. We're just going to jump right in, man. You know, um, you know, we got a lot of history together. Um, just kind of want to go back to the beginning and ask you some of the stuff that I always wanted to ask you, but never, never got the chance to, or never thought about it. Yeah. So 
talk to me about your, I mean, coming out of high school, you weren't, you know, you weren't super recruited coming out of high school, right? Uh, and you went, ended up going to West Valley Community College. Like what, yeah, talk about a little bit about your high school career and then what it was like at West Valley, man. I was, uh, if you go an hour north of San Francisco, um, I, we lived in a little town that's 6,000 people back in the 60s and it's still 6,000 people in 2022. Um, we, it's a lot of just, we had six acres and we would just, my dad was just like, hey, uh, we're gonna go feed the cows. We're gonna go raise some rabbits. We're gonna go slaughter the pigs. And um, it was kind of like a situation where, you know, dad comes back in your life and he's like, hey, I'm gonna teach you how to be a man. So for me, he just, actually, his birthday is tomorrow, Al Davison. He's saying, oh, uh, got to find love on the cable car in front of, he embarrassed the shit out of me. I'm not gonna that's lie to you. <laughs> but uh, hey, that's what dads are for. And so um, he, we, no joke, um, I used to go to all the Santa Clara, Cal, Stanford, uh, University of San Francisco, um, like, like summer camps and nobody, there was just nobody there. We didn't know the process. We were, it's like, hey, what's this new thing recruiting? Hey, my son's tall and he can dunk the ball and as a sophomore. So for me, it was dad's like, hey, we're going to get you out of this little small town area and we're going to go outside and we're just going to go talk to different colleges. And he says, hey, security, where's the gym? Where's your head basketball coach? He's like, he's over there. Do you have an appointment? He's like, no, we're good. We'll just park right here and we'll walk in. He's like, hey, here's my son. Um, you can play. <laughs> here's a tape. And they said, hey, um, he's good, but go to a junior college, check it out, and we'll recruit him. And so they said, what's a junior college and how does it work? And, you know, there's a lot of parents out there that I've heard about it, but they don't know the nuts and bolts of scholarships and money and uh, the educational portion of it. It's like, hey, my son can play. What does this all entail? And so it's a, it's a, it's a as you already know, yeah. you're, you're well recruited yourself. Um, it's probably easier for you since you're so tall, dark, and handsome. But, you know, for me, you know, I, had, I was a small town. It's like, hey, where's the black guy? He gets lost in town. He's like, hey, go talk to Al because he's the only black guy in town. That's how small it was. And so <laughs> um, went to junior college and then played two years there and had a great, amazing coach, Bob Burton, and came to Arizona as a junior. And you were a sophomore with JT and Gene and Bibby and everyone else. So what were your thoughts when you first got to, to Arizona? Like, what, what did you think when you first got on? I was like, y'all are really good. <laughs> y'all are really good. I was like, you mean to tell me I got to guard Joseph Blair, Ben Davis, Donnell, AJ. Um, and all the was like, coach, you think I can play with you guys? <laughs> no joke. I actually didn't even play because I saw him. I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to shoot around a little bit. <laughs> are you I I was only two years into really having good, solid coaches that were like, no, this is how you do it, and you're not doing it hard enough. Right. And then I, and I saw you guys. I was like, they already know how to do it. And I was like, <laughs> all right, maybe I need a couple more months to uh, train myself a little bit better. So no joke. it was You guys were intimidating. And Coach Olson saw it in you, though, like he did in all of us, though. You know what I mean? Like he, he yeah. saw what, you, what your future was and what you could be as a player. And I think, you know, for all of us, you know, besides – you know, Bib probably, you know what I mean? Um, besides yeah. Mike, all of us were kind of that way, you know what I mean? Like we were, we all had talent. We all had our, you know, certain game that we had coming into Arizona, but he saw what we were going to be, you know, a year after that. Or Absolutely. That's like, you know, the, the best phrase is he's, I'd rather create, um, I'd rather coach a bunch of good kids that are athletic instead of a bunch of athletic knuckleheads. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you were a little bit of a knucklehead, man. Let's let's. It's not a. I had a learning disability. This, this is <laughs> fact, fact. I needed extra times on the test. I couldn't focus very well. But there's a you throw a ball out there. I was like, oh, I'm like I'm a dog dialed in, just like you. <laughs> I know to go back to a little story. You know, like you're probably a, a t you grew faster. You were more athletic. You could pick up like, hey, how do I throw it? How do I dunk like this? Like, all right, show me and I'll do it. You pick it up. You're just act, kids learn in different ways. And a mom, my mom was like, hey, I don't have the energy. Go chase that ball and then I'll see you after the game and you'll be tired. So <laughs> so what did what I mean, obviously we all know, you know, about our 97 championship run. I've had Bib on, JT, Gene, you know, all those guys. Yep. I want to get everybody's perspective because everyone has a little bit of different perspective and some things are similar, you know what I mean? So yep. what was your what was your thoughts on that year in general? And then, you know, the tournament and how everything went. It was, it was a transition for me. And it's just like the biggest, best thing is, are you going to go to the Lakers with Kobe and Shaq and try to shine? Or are you just going to play your role? I think Miles had already been, had established himself as a leader. I think JT had come in. You would just get, you would, you would your first year to get some playing time because you're playing behind so many big names like Joseph Blair and um, Ben Davis and Corey Williams and Reggie Gary. And I mean, just amazing names. And you're like, how, where do I fit into this puzzle when you have coach Olson who's has a system and you're how do you plug yourself in so you're constantly questioning yourself on am I good enough am I going to start I mean there's a lot of just like coming into coach um, Johnson's office and he's breaking down plays you're like god damn I look like that out there <laughs> you're out there killers like man, I need to get in the weight room. And then, you know, you get exposed out there. It's, it's all about like, hey, here's you. Here's your court. Here's your individual play. Here's your team play. And then how do we mend that all together into a multi-million dollar team in division one, top five, great pack, pack 12, Arizona. We're doing amazing. Keep going. Grind it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So you had a, uh, I'm going to ask you this because I've never asked you this before. And, you know, obviously you had a million dunks. Like you were our guy, you know what I mean? You were the, the high flyer. You jumped way One, two, bad yourself, sir. I ever could, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, but no, nah, you were, we were way above what I could do, man. Like, was there, do you remember what, it, I know what my favorite dunk of yours is, but what is your favorite dunk from the Michigan, the Michigan one on tractor trailer. Um, it's funny because what had the recording, and it's such bad quality that as it's happening, it's <laughs> staticky. So it's like the best dunk that never existed. <laughs> it's not anywhere. Maybe we have to have that tape. I don't know. If somebody can find it, I would love to just send it to your to your podcast and send it to us. Yeah, Let us know. We need to check with Roz, man. I bet you Roz has that tape somewhere. Better quality. Yeah, we were playing in Ann Arbor. It was Ann Arbor, right? Yeah. Freezing yeah. cold. The bus is sliding across the street and the road and <laughs> I just remember jumping for the rebound and you just dunked on me and the entire team from Michigan, man. Hey, those were my only two points for the game, but hey. <laughs> yeah, I was one for nine for the I was I was one for nine for the free throw line that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I remember. I don't know how we won. <laughs> it's so, funny because um you know it's kind of like an inside thing. Whenever we come back for that Ludolson fantasy camp, and I heard a few good things about the old Ludolson fantasy camp, I'm not going to say anything, but hey, everybody's going to be watching this tape. But in doing so, um, 
I forgot my whole, <laughs> I forgot my whole stuff. <laughs> I was talking about um, something about. I don't know. Anyways, next question. <laughs> right, we'll, come, we'll come back to that, man. So, yeah, yeah. you know, the 97 championship run was what it was. You know, it was, it was amazing. I always say that, you know, the chemistry and everything that we had that year was just the best team that I've ever yeah. been on still to this day. You know what I'm saying? And 90, but 98 team, we were better. Like, we were a machine that year. You know what I mean? Just yes. basketball, knowledge, skills. What do you, why do you think we didn't win that year? To remind you exactly what I was thinking about is when we go back to the Lou Olson thing, we always sit with, we always have dinner with Ted. Now, I mean, um, Steve and Reggie and Ben and Joey JB. And we're like, guys, we weren't the best team in 97. Like, if you look at our roster, we weren't the best. And, and you always get Reggie's like, yeah, we know. And you like, had <laughs> Steve Curry and Sean Elliott and all these, you know, all these amazing names. And 98, I felt like we were much better when we almost, Actually, I just told the parent, we said, we were one lucky shot away from being undefeated in the Pac-10. The yeah. last game, the last second shot, they, they tied it. And then they made an, a, another three-pointer in the same spot, Spanish. And it went off the yeah. backboard and in. They won by one or two points. I was like, you got to be kidding me. That, that game still bothers me. That game yeah. still, still bothers me, man. We should have been. And it, hit the, like, it hit the backboard in the rim. And it, like, just trickled in. We're like, <laughs> <laughs> then, so, we went, then we went on to beat UCLA, though, the next year, though. We yes, we did. There. But yeah. we got run in by Utah, so it happens. <laughs> Mike, D, Mike D was killing that game. Mike D he was. 30 in that one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, we, I had to step up. But anyways, hey, I know we were over in Europe at the same time, enjoying our travels. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to ask you about is, you know, after, obviously after U of A, you know, you sniffed the NBA a little bit and then yeah, yeah. Went, went overseas and played for, for how many years? 10, 10, 11 years? About 12 and a half. Okay. Um, 98, went to Turkey, Australia, Melbourne, Australia, Istanbul, and then did five years of the NBA Summer League. You know, you're chasing that dream. And I think what, I mean, you can sh it, it, kind of add to this also is you always have these players and you have these dreams. They have these combines and you have the NBA and you have Phoenix and the Utah and the Boston and all these different exposure camps in Las Vegas. And you have this dream of being, I want to be in Hollywood. I want to be in the NBA, but you can make an amazing and have an amazing journey going over to Europe, yeah. educating yourself, experiencing yourself, finding a country, um, learning a different country on a culture of um, Everyone goes about doing the same things. What was your experience in Europe when you were yeah, playing? It, the same, man. it really it like just opened up my, my mind and really, you know, my life to just living in a, another country, being uncomfortable. You know what I mean? When you first get there, you have no idea what's going <laughs> on. Yeah. Like dealing, not being away from your family. It really makes you like mature and grow up, I think. It's so like, I wouldn't change it. You know, I, I enjoyed, you know, my short time in the NBA and people ask me like, do you wish you would, you know, would have been in the NBA longer or yeah. whatever. And at times, you know, I wish, I, I wonder what it would have been like if I would have kept chasing it for a couple of years and maybe would have caught on with the team and stayed. But my experience in Europe was amazing, man. Like it yeah. really molded who I am today and molded how I deal with people and how I interact. And it just, yeah. it was just a wonderful experience, man. Did you yeah. experience, experience some of the same stuff? Yeah, for me, it was the same way. It was like, you're going to uh, Istanbul, Turkey, where it's Muslim. And then you're going to Australia, where it's summertime. And, and like, you get two years of straight summer. And then you come back to Tucson, and then you're doing, like, NBA summer leagues. And then you go to Slovenia, where it's, like, negative 30. 
and you're playing the Baltic and you're playing in Russia and you got to go to like Russia and then you're playing on a road trip and then you're flying your family in and you know, your wife and kids are living there with you. And they don't like, you go to the store and you're going, is this, is that pig? Is that, is it a horse? Is that, like, it's like, you don't speak their language. You're like, what is this meat we want to buy here? We don't know what it is. <laughs> I, had so, of, I ordered a lot of bad mystery meat, man. Just, you know, <laughs> first couple years. <laughs> yeah, you're taking hair out of it. that? <laughs> so, I mean, things like that. Um, and it's, for me, I've actually, like, talked with you and other players. Like, even probably the weirdest story is a kid, a player is going over there. He's been there for four days. He's in Mongolia. It's negative 40 degrees. He's up in northern, the mountains of Mongolia, where like, like uh, Sherpas are and llamas. And he goes to practice and he has to walk a mile and a half through negative 30 degrees weather. The gym is frozen. He comes back and there's a horse leg on the countertop. And he's like, what's that? And he's like, this is your food for the next week. He's like, man, I'm, what is that? I don't even, is it a llama? Is it a horse? And so he started eating rice and vegetables. He's like, I got to eat it. So after four days, he finally broke down and had to eat some horse meat from the Mongolia, uh, stuff like that. So there's there's some experiences you got to eat. That's obviously the worst of them. So, <laughs> so that's, that's a good one, bro. I never had to do that. Thank God I didn't have to do that. But yeah. you mentioned, you're talking about overseas. Okay, you mentioned Australia. And I'm going to ask you, because I asked Bib and I asked Gene what their favorite memory of our trip to Australia was. And they had they had different answers. Bib said he ate French fries for the whole time, which you never even. Yeah. Gene said it was when we were throwing <laughs> chicken bones at his head at the Great Barrier Reef, and all the big fish were coming up. <laughs> yeah. So, what was your what was your recollection of that trip? <laughs> um, I'm a social studies teacher now, and so I taught my kids about the Spanish conquering of the Gulf of uh, Mexico and the pirates, and the pirates were led by one leader and. They were, it was a very d democratic <laughs> thing. And we were in Australia. <laughs> we had to be there for three and a half weeks. And we were there for about 10 days. We had just won a championship. We missed our girlfriends. We, we, were, we were missing America. And we thought we were adults. <laughs> we came in. <laughs> we came in. And we're like, yeah, we're going to tell Coach we ain't, we're going to go home. We need, we need some flights. We're going to get out of here. This is a bullshit. Man, we spent about three and a half hours organizing what we were going to say. Like, we were educated kids. He's like, Coach, we like to talk to you. <laughs> he's like, he walks in, rubbing his ring. He's like, uh, what can I do for you, gentlemen? <laughs> and I guess he had already gotten wind of it. And like, uh, Miles is like, uh, Coach, Coach, <laughs> I feel that we need to, uh, we're missing home and people don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> we're not liking it very much. And he's like, well, that's off the table. He's like, all right, Coach, see you in the morning. <laughs> yeah, the first thing he we're said done. was, whatever, whatever you guys want, we're not – we're not going home. And then yeah. it was just, it was crickets. Nobody said anything. Like, we had all this bravado going in the room, like, we're not taking no for an answer, man. We're going home tomorrow. Yeah. Coach yeah. shut it down right away. <laughs> that's Coach O. He's just like, he's like, I've been through it. He's like, me and the, me and the wife, me and Bobby, we're going to go out wine tasting tomorrow. <laughs> we already have plans. You guys enjoy it. <laughs> so good times. Yeah, that was a good, that was a, now looking back at it, I wish we would have. Enjoyed it a little bit more, but I think we yes. did the rest of the trip. I think um, we were too cool for our own shit. Like we thought our shit didn't stink after winning the championship. We're like, man, we're kind of rock stars right now. And we, it, it was it was fast and fleeting, 
but it was uh hey you gotta enjoy it when it's there i yeah, mean yeah i mean i've got i'm famous in slovenia in novo mesto and tucson that's it that's the only three places okay, so, in Italy. so let's go back let's go back to slovenia because i was going to ask you about this I remember you told me they called you, what was it, Air Dolinska or something like this. Air Dolinska, it was their Slovenian Airlines. Okay, so that's what they called it. That was your nickname because you, you were dunking all over those dudes all overseas. Oh, it was, uh, I had just got done. I was committed to living in Europe. I was doing a lot of fitness training at Rikus Fitness Center. It's uh, Stanford. So I had like Stanford running track coaches. Yeah. We had plyo bands. They were doing experimental stuff. They were doing video recording. So they were marketing stuff. And me and this other guy, just like yourself, a professional college athlete, just out of, you know, those first two years. And, um, and it just turned out to be one of the best situations for me in living over in Europe and just committing to living in Europe and being there by myself and being like, you know what? I've always been had my mom and dad influence or just guide me in the right direction. I've always had a coach guide me in the right direction. Now I'm an adult and I'm making my own money. And it's like, you know, as a professional athlete, you have this trajectory where it's you like you go from college where you're kind of nurtured and nested. And then you're like, boom, you're up here. How do you manage that as it tapers off? Whereas in, like, if you're a lawyer or a doctor, or you get a degree in engineering, it's a gradual process of building up until you're later in your years. It's a different trajectory. The whole projection of a professional athlete's the opposite of anything that's normal for pretty much anybody, but anybody in Hollywood or fame or success like that. So, yeah, that's true. And so over there you played with, I think you played with the father of one of the current NBA superstars. Who was that? That was a uh, Sasa Doncic. Uh, Sasa Doncic happens to be Luka Doncic's father. Um, Luca was about three, four, five years old in the two years that I played there. I think it was 2000 and 2001, 2002 season and ended up, um, he was just a young little kid that, you know, as you're in Europe, you always bring your, you know, your wife or girlfriend, your kids with you on the, the floor. It's a very nurturing, like we would have in living in Italy or Slovenia, you would have neighbors like, Hey, can we hang out with your daughter and feed her lunch and just feed her olives and spaghetti and grapes? And just all the different flavors of the world. And I'm, we're coming home from practice. We're exhausted. And we just want to nap and relax. And it's just a sweet little, uh, Europe is a very nurturing culture. Yeah. And so like Slovenia was freezing cold. I loved it. Um, but Air Dolesca was the nickname that they gave me. It's just like when you're in uh, Spain, that you have these places that are just culturally your, you're familiar with because you lived there for a year. Yeah, it was, I mean, by the time in Spain, I look back, I mean, that was just great, man. I had so much fun over there. Good people, good community, good food. Yeah, yeah. It was just an awesome time. So, all right, I got a couple more for you, then I'm going to let you get out of here, brother. But this one is very important, okay? Yeah. Very important. Mike Baby asked me to ask you this, too. So, what was going through your mind when we were on the road trip in the Oregon schools <laughs> And you were at the baggage, the baggage claim <laughs> was coming out with the um, What made you jump on that baggage claim? And what happened to that story? What, what, what happened with that? It was something that was, you know, when you have a kid that has amount, endless amounts of energy and we were just sitting on a delayed flight. I mean, how small was that airport? That thing was itty bitty. It was like a barn, <laughs> a carousel and like a check-in area. It was like a, 
it was like a shitty Airbnb down in the <laughs> in Albuquerque, no offense. But in doing, in doing so, we're just like, hey, let's do something again. Coach Johnson, he's always she's like, he kind of whispers in my ear, he's like, Hey, you want to do something cool? And I was like, okay, let's do it. And then he's putting it out to Donnell and Donnell's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not doing it. And then Quinn, you know, Quinn's like, no, I'm, I just got out of a mission. I can't do that. <laughs> Jay Stu was like, you come to church with me on Sunday? And it was like, oh, Bennett, I guess he'll, he'll do this. Let's, let's liven this thing up a little bit. And I just sat there on the little carousel and just floated. And then you guys set me up. Coach Jay set me up. <laughs> I was going to make like 21 bucks. I was like, 21 bucks, let's go. <laughs> and I come out and Coach Jay says, hey, security, there's a kid that's going to come out of here. And he said, scare the shit out of him. I was like, oh, at the time, I didn't know it was obviously as a wiser individual, you know, I know what's going on, <laughs> but y'all were messing with me. But hey, it was a good one. <laughs> and then they take me back to security. And I was like, in this little shed, you guys have a security office? So, one of the greatest times and experiences of my life, dude. I'll never remember. No, it's good stuff. You. I just never forget you disappearing through the back of the, the baggage claim and then coming out the other side. Man. And I remember Ross like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Get back here. And you got Josh is like, oh. <laughs> hey, man, good times, brother. Absolutely. So now let's talk about a little bit about what you're doing now, man. I know you're still involved in basketball. You're still involved in the yeah. community training kids in the Dallas area. Like, talk to me about what, what you're doing there now and, and, you know, what you got coming up. Yeah, for me, um, life is always about transitions. You know, you're a professional, you're from college, then you're professional, and then you, you, you've transitioned out of that, and you're like, hey, what do I do? And for the last, uh, since 2015, I've been in Dallas, and then I was in Sacramento. Before that, I was doing about five years of solar, residential, commercial solar. And now I'm in education and youth basketball development. So it's just simple little stuff. I mean, you're paying the bills. You're in Dallas. I have three beautiful daughters, Maya, Kiara, Italia. They're uh, 14, 16, and 19. And, you know, life is about transition. Dallas is an awesome city to sit. Dallas has treated me well, play a little bit of sand volleyball. It's easier on the body than actually basketball. I don't play basketball anymore. It's just low key. Um, you know, eating at home and relaxing, staying warm. We just had a, a snowstorm for about two days, and Dallas shut down. So we got a two days off from teaching and stuff. So education is my education is my industry. All right, well, Dave, well, keep doing what you're doing, man. You know, love you a lot, man. Dalen and Drew said you got to take them to, to Twin Peaks again when we come back to visit. Let's oh, go. Oh, yeah, Dallas. how are the boys doing? I that was there. That was, <laughs> they're doing good, man. They're hey, we got good. more jokes for them. We got more yeah, jokes. That's for them. right. They love Uncle Bennett, man. So, alrighty. <laughs> hey, appreciate your time. Oh, before you go, no, let's, let me ask you about this. You you said you've been watching uh, the current team a couple times this year, right? You've been following. Yeah, the, we, I watched team. a little bit of the USC. So I'm in the Central. So I always get like Texas Tech and um, yeah. University of Texas, Oklahoma, and you get all the uh, East Coast things, Alabama and that South. So we're kind of in the South. Texas, um, Dallas is really in the South portion of. America, so I don't get a lot of um, West Coast, Pac-10, Arizona, and if I do, it's probably going to be like Colorado and Arizona or New Mexico kind of sports, just because that's the region that we're in. Um, but the other night, I was just in my always talking to um, um, Ryan, uh, Ryan, and talking about um, sending them. Hey, I'm here watching the game. Those types of things. So it's just sitting at a bar. We're just kind of playing some sand volleyball, watching the game. But you always poking your head in, is like, 
And plus, we were just down there in August. Those are some yeah. big boys. They are yeah. some talented, athletic. Like, they're some they're, – they could get after. I would be like, man, I would hate to guard – it's like team, guarding a team with Tony Gonzalez's. Who yeah. the hell wants to do that, dude? <laughs> that's, a, that's a workout. Well, they got – I mean, they're doing great, man. So, anytime yeah. you get to, to catch them, they, they got a good chance to make a run, strong run this year, man. Yeah, doing, I mean, this, really this is exactly why we're chatting right now. Let yeah. me know. We're, we'll, we'll make the long drive through the, uh, the desert of uh, West Texas and Albuquerque. Sounds good, my brother. I appreciate you doing it. All right. Love, love you. you. Love to have you back on another time. Yeah, time. Thanks for jumping off there now, Paul. Yeah. Have a cool one. Thank you. All right.